I've been thinking lately about the people I meet The car wash on the corner and the hole in the street The way my ankles hurt with shoes on my feet And I'm wondering if I'm gonna see tomorrow Father, forgive us for what we must do You forgive us, we'll forgive you We'll forgive each other till we both turn blue Then we'll whistle and go fishing in heaven I was in the army but I never dug a trench Used to bust my knuckles on a monkey ranch I go to town and drink, give the girls a pinch But I don't think they ever even notice me Father forgive us for what we must do You forgive us, we'll forgive you We'll forgive each other till we both turn blue Then we'll whistle and go fishing in heaven Fish and whistle, or whistle and fish Eat everything that they put on your dish And when we get through, we'll make a big wish That we never have to do this again Again well, all right, Pyromaniacs. This is formerly Pyromaniac Mo. You can follow me now at FFMOZ. That is FFMOZ, if you would like, on the Twitter machine. So, yes, this is still the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, and this is episode 71. I realize you haven't heard hide nor hair of Pyro. And that's likely the way it's going to be, although we're trying to get together for a bit of a reunion show. Uh, the boys just needed a little break. Everything kind of ran its course. You know, you still got people. Wheeler, uh, give him a follow on the Twitter machine as well. He's still doing some things. Uh, Waz is still out there. Um, guys are still doing stuff. D-Rex decided to take a break. I believe Houdini is as well. Stags is still... Uh, going at it on Twitter and fantasy football. You know, we just needed to get a little balance in life. So, I am not sure what the future holds for Pyromaniac. I know I love playing fantasy football, and I love talking fantasy football. So, from time to time, I'm still going to be doing some fantasy football chats. And today, nothing better than our old favorite, Dave T. Thomas. So, if you're tuned in and all excited because you saw the pyro light up on your iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, yes, this is a pyro light fantasy football podcast. I don't have much to tell you about Pyromaniacs other than we're probably done with the official fantasy football fire. We'd love to do a bit of a reunion show or a kickoff show or maybe a show here and there. And that's what I'm looking to do. So keep the subscription active. Follow me at FFMOS. We are talking with NFL Scout legendary pyro guest, Dave T. Thomas. I'm going to shut up and get out of the way. You did hear a little bit of John Pine whistle and fish. Stay tuned at the end of episode 71, and you can hear that song in its entirety. But right now, here is my interview with Dave T. Thomas. We are talking rookie running backs. He's coming at us from Patriots camp. Um, we are getting ready for the NFL season. We're in the midst of uh, preseason week two, so let's see what Dave has to bring to you. Hey, 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 what's the fuss? Tell me what's happening. This is the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode number 71. And ladies and gentlemen, my name is now, you can find me on Twitter, FFMOZ, FFMOZ. And of course, I am Mr. Mo. I am here with a Pyro favorite and NFL legend, Mr. Dave T. Thomas. How are you, sir? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'll try not to play Curly today, and then we'll go out and look for Larry. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Sounds good, because you know I am your Mo. Hey, uh, Mr. Thomas, for those fans that have not heard you before, tell us a little bit about yourself. You've been in the business 50 years. How did you get started as an NFL talent evaluator? 13 years old, I'm out of Thousand Oaks at Al uh, Davis's uh, training camp. Uh, my uncle was a good friend of his from high school days. I laughed at his scouts pulling up newspaper clippings because my uncle was an NBA scout, so I learned from the best of them. Uh, Al tells me, if you think you could do a better job, show me. I showed up 1968 with a 4,000-page report in my hand. Next thing I know, these teams are all calling up. The whole thing when I got into this, though, you know, Joel Bushbaum was a good friend of mine. Joel uh, was aces, but Joel went more media. I found the avenue to make quicker money, not only quicker money, but to stay in, out of the limelight. 
by supplying teams with the information. So actually, I call myself Dr. Watson. I let 32 scouting directors end up playing Sherlock Holmes. They want to use my info, let them go right ahead, but I'll give them everything but what hand these guys wipe their butt with. That they find out at the <laughs> Combines. Man, so over 50 years uh, being a talent evaluator for the NFL. You know, I like the avenue I'm in. While, you know, I am an NFL expertise, my thing is discovering talent out there. I mean, there are some incredible players. I mean, like I'm telling people right now, not this year, but in 2020, you want the next Le'Veon Bell? Go down and look at Memphis. Look at Patrick Taylor Jr. That kid's going to blow up the NCAA ranks this year as a running back. Yeah, a lot of those, I mean, this is – uh, for those listening, kind of a dynasty podcast, but we're going to certainly talk a lot of rookies, and there are a ton of dynasty players that are talking about uh, the 2020 crop, and uh, you're on board? You're drinking the Kool-Aid? Well, the whole thing comes down to is you got to, if you're a fantasy football guy, look at your rookies as far as injury factor goes with the veterans. Look at the rookies more so for the second half of the season. Understand a lot of these kids are so young, they still need a crossing guard to get, uh, you know, to the other side (laughs) of the street. But you're going to see maybe a handful start out right from the beginning, but it's the guys that are going to play the backup roles that we're going to look at. Uh, remember last year I talked about Phil Lindsay and look what he did. Uh, this year yep. we got a couple of guys in that boat also. Well, yeah, last year for those late to the game, you told us about Will Disley and Philip Lindsay long before anybody else was talking about them. So you've certainly got an eye for it. And you're in Patriots camp now. What's uh, What's it like there? I like it up here. You know why? Because Bill runs clean, crisp practices. I was real curious with all of the defensive coaching turnover, what would happen on that side of the ball. But I'm telling you folks, former linebacker Gerard Mayo, that guy's a head coach waiting to happen. All right. So you like Mayo. And I I know we're going to talk running backs here in a moment uh, and primarily rookie running backs. But uh, what about Sony Michelle? I mean, there's a lot of talk, Damian Harris, although from some of the beat reporters I've seen, he hasn't shown much in camp. And we know Sony, he's got some injury concerns. What have you seen at camp in the running backs for the Patriots? That's the big issue on Sonny Michel. Can he stay on the field for all 16 and then into the playoffs? Now, they got a good third down receiver back over there in James White, but look on the short yardage situations for Rex Burkett to spell Sonny Michel before Harris does. Uh, Harris right now, to me, looks like he's dirt on a totem pole as far as getting touches with the ball coming out of the backfield. The White equation is going to play a big factor over here. If Julian and Edelman uh, struggles getting back on the field early, you got to understand one thing. White is going to be a good option for those underneath passes. But Harris right now, I wouldn't worry about him till I see an injury with Sonny Michelle. I wouldn't have Harris on my team at this moment. Yeah, and that's the thing really with dynasty players. You know, we are looking to take a gamble on Harris because we're in it for the long haul. Redraft players, they want someone playing right away. So I think that's an important uh, discrepancy you're making there because you don't see Damian Harris really making any meaningful play until at least, you know, a month or two into the season. Is that right? Yeah, you know, I'm more looking at, you know, the guys that was ta- another guy that was taken along with him in the third round, Devin Singletary up with uh, Buffalo. Now, Buffalo got the two aging veterans of LaShawn uh, McCoy yeah. and Frank Gore. But I look at the one thing, they still have a younger veteran over there in T.J. Elton. Now, if they decide to go with only three running backs, I think Yeldon will be out the door because of the investment that they have in Singletary. But Singletary has not impressed me at all from what I've seen from uh, camp drills. Really? I think with this guy, I think what it goes back to, they look at last year and he says, oh, my God, this guy is so quick. Yeah, and you got him in the underwear when he was running four sevens up at the combine. I think right now that you look at the situation that's up at Buffalo with a young quarterback, look for Gore and McCoy to split most of the time over there, which will probably make Yeldon expendable. So if your team, if your NFL team, not your fantasy team, is looking for a waiver pickup, Yeldon might be out there on the board okay all right um now we're, we're talking running backs we've been kind of going all order i don't have necessarily uh an order i'm just sort of drawing names here we've talked 
certainly Damian Harris, Devin Singletary, but probably most people are going to be looking at Josh Jacobs as the first running back off the board. What do you think of him in your old neck of the woods in Oakland? Well, you know, John Gruden has no choice but to try to run that kid out there. You look at what he has in the backup, uh, Jalen Richard, DeAndre Washington, Doug Martin. None of those strike me as, oh, that's the guy I got to give the ball to. Now, if Jacob swells flat on his face, Oakland's entire offense is going to struggle. I think A.B. is going to be a major head case both on and off the field. (laughs) Uh, Williams will probably be a great option at wide receiver. But as far as Oakland's backfield go, this is a team that's probably going to have to scour the waiver buyers throughout the season. Okay, so uh, if you could take one first, would you be taking Josh Jacobs or another favorite is Miles Sanders in Philly? A uh, lot of running backs in Philly, and that coaching staff has really liked to spread the ball around. So uh, what do you think of M- Miles Sanders? I think the running back by committee group over there, and also you look at the situation, what he did in week one, he really did not excite people. I tell people if you're going for any rookie running back right now, his name has to be David Montgomery. Actually, David Montgomery to me is my sleeper for rookie of the year. You look at what he's got over there. Tariq Cohen will probably play the Alvin Kamara role. Mike Davis, they brought him over from Seattle. A good, effective veteran out there, but Montgomery, I mean, this is a guy that I look at right now. Remember Matt Forte, the success he had before his legs went out? That's what Montgomery is going to be this year. Any rookie running back not named David Montgomery, I say sit back and wait a few rounds. Now, understand in the fantasy football, I'm also the type, I'm going to stay away from quarterbacks in my first round or so unless his name is Patrick Mahomes. But as far as running back goes, I think that Montgomery will still be on board, let's say, in the third or fourth round to pick up. Whoever gets him is going to be smiling like a Cheshire cat from year to year. Yeah, just going off my memory, I think um, in best balls, Montgomery's going right around fourth, fifth round. Of course, he's got Tariq Cohen there and Mike Davis. So you've got the confidence he can uh, get the workload done in Chicago? I say that by the time September rolls around and they step on the field after the national anthem, David Montgomery is lining up right next to Trubisky. Wow. All right. Uh, and what about Cohen then? I mean, uh, people oh, saw Cohen, a lot Cohen's of flash. Cohen's, you got to understand one thing. If I looked at Cohen right now, if I was Snow White, I'd take him because I might need that eighth dwarf. But I look at this guy being more of a Camara type, a guy that I bring in third down, a guy that's a change of pace for end of rounds. He'll get his touches over there, but I don't see Cohen ever being a 20-25 touch guy. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Montgomery, I got a good guy who's a good pass protector. I got a very good inside tackle runner, but I also got a great receiver coming out of the backfield. You got to understand one thing. All you want is your guy to move chains. You want a guy that's going to pile up yardage. Montgomery is going to be the only one that I see of any of the rookies capable of doing that. The thing with Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs to me is a one-cut running back. Also, he had issues down in Alabama as far as a receiver goes, and I'm not talking about the lack of receptions to him. I'm talking about a guy that caught 40% of the passes targeted to him when he was at Bammer. I don't think he's going to improve overnight with the Oakland Raiders as far as being a receiving option. Well, we've talked about three of the top four running backs taken in this year's draft. We've uh, not hit Daryl Henderson in LA. He was taken at the beginning of the third, just before David Montgomery went uh, two picks, three picks before Montgomery or so. Uh, What do you think of Henderson, and does all of that really depend on Gurley's health? I'm more excited about Baltimore's Justice Hill than I am with Henderson. Henderson is going to have to be relied upon to give Gurley the breaks, but also you got to understand with Henderson, he's very weak as far as his pass blocking goes, and I need a guy that's a little bit more all around. We saw what he did in week one over there, and you probably say, let's sing the Peggy Lee song, is that all there is, is that all there is? Meanwhile, (laughs) Hill, you got Ingram as your starter, you got a good receiving type in Gus Edwards, I think Kenneth Dixon is going to be on the waiver wires because of Justice Hill. You bring in Hill in, Hill could be the lightning to Ingram's thunder over there with Baltimore. Well, Baltimore, uh, one of the heaviest run 
uh, offenses in the league, even with, with their quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Uh, they've got 13.7 vacated touches since last year. So a lot to go around. Of course, they had that new addition of Ingram. But um, what do you think then of Justice Hill? How do you see that split working with Ingram in a very run-heavy offense? Oh, he'll get, you know, a half a dozen, 10 touches early in the season. But as the season goes on, remember, your running backs are going to wear down. Uh, they also have Tyler Irvin there. So if they keep four, Dixon's out the door. It would be Ingram, it would be Edwards, it would be Irvin, it would be Hill. But I think it's going to come down to is Hill's going to be the change of pace type. Hill's going to be the guy that you want to bring in when you need that long run. And yeah. look at his college career. He's shown that he could do that as far as going long distance. And you think he's going to mesh well with Lamar Jackson? Because a lot of times, in fantasy anyway, a uh, uh, run-heavy running back does well with a run-heavy quarterback. Justice Hill, he's more of a pass catcher, or do you see him being able to do both, pass catch and run the ball? I see Lamar Jackson being, how could I put it, the NFL's version of Geno Smith. If you go ahead and take Lamar Jackson right now, you got a pretty decent running back. But in between the ears, you know, I could blow in his left ear. If I don't have a cork in the right ear, something's going to come flying out. Yeah, I like me some uh, rushing quarterbacks. Uh, certainly love Lamar Jackson. And you mentioned probably the biggest one people are talking about, uh, although we're talking running backs, but Kyler Murray, a lot of excitement around him uh you got more faith in Kyler Murray than you do in Lamar yeah and you know I'm looking down at Dallas I mean if uh, they're talking about Henderson but I think Henderson's running mate at Memphis Tony Pollard especially if uh, Zeke decides to stay at Cabo a little bit longer Tony Pollard whether Zeke is back or not is going to play a big role for the Cowboys this year well since you brought it up let's go there what do you think about some of these hold out some of these guys that are looking to get the money certainly Zeke's one of the big ones but to me if I'm reading the tea leaves it seems like he's going to be there by week one Jerry Jones seems to uh want to get it done but uh what do you think about Zeke his chances of starting week one is he going to be there I think that unless he's in by next week, he's going to come in and he's going to be fresh. But the the problem is, I see Zeke pulling probably yeah. the biggest bonus since Le'Veon Bell. He's probably going to drag this on into the season, and it's only going to cost him money both ways, both in fines and also if he struggles coming out of the gate, everyone's going to say, I told you so. Well, my concern is a lot of these guys, they're not getting the reps. I mean, I know he's supposed to be keeping in shape, but it just can't be the same as camp and a lot of those yeah, guys but personally, have some soft Mo, if i look if i look around the league right now i mean we'll look at the giants i doubt if we're even going to see barkley out there during the preseason if yeah. i got a super stud running back i'm not putting him out on the field when it doesn't count you know i could get him ready for the season and practice i don't want to risk injury and we've seen a lot i mean it's like traditionally we come up to game four in exhibition and all of a sudden there goes your star what happened you just drafted the week before and fantasy football so what are you doing you're sitting out there scratching your head you need head and shoulders well so you see Zeke playing but maybe missing a couple of weeks well if I was his father I'd be kicking him in the butt and telling him to get out there now but Zeke's stupid enough to drag this on not only into the (laughs) early part of the season it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up sitting out the whole year if he thinks he's pulling a levy on Bill it's not going to happen because Dallas still retains his rights Okay. I think the biggest joke down there, to be honest with you right now, uh, when they were offering $30 million, I was laughing my butt off, you know, with uh, Dak Prescott. Now Dak Prescott says he wants $40 million. I'll give him $40 million on four years. I think probably the biggest, uh, how could I put it, waste of a quarterback to go early in a draft with, if you're a fantasy guy, is going to be Dak Prescott. And why do you say that? Because if Zeke's not there... Prescott is nothing. Look yeah, what happened during the suspension. Look what happened when Zeke was out. I mean, Prescott relies a lot on Zeke because Zeke is the guy that creates. Zeke is the guy that moves the chains. Yeah, it was noticeable splits for Prescott. His fantasy value with Zeke and without, it was a big difference. Zeke to me is Alex Smith. He's a mechanic at quarterback. He's not somebody I win a Super Bowl with. Well, before we get back to the rookies, what about the other big name that's looking for more money? Talking Melvin Gordon. Uh, how do you see this one? Because this one I am uh, pessimistic about. Melvin Gordon seems pretty content with missing time. 
Yeah, go back uh, back in 2017 and look at the numbers in 2015, 16, and 17 that Justin Jackson put up over at Northwestern. They're talking about Austin mm-hmm. Eckler being the next man up down with the Chargers, but if Gordon holds out uh, well into the season, I think Justin Jackson's going to emerge for somebody over there. Well, there's another kid over there, Cox. It was a, a four-year starter, Old Dominion. Um, racked up 453 yards, five touchdowns in just nine games last season. Any any liking that you can see in Jeremy Cox? I like Jeremy Cox, but I think that the sleeper, the kid that they picked up off the street, Derek Orr, is really looking good in training camp, too. I think it's going to be Eckler and Jackson if Gordon does not show up. Gordon right now has to be advised right. No running back is uh, that's holding out is going to get more than $10 million a year. And I think Zeke's going to be in that same problem, too. You go and look at the money that Bell got on the contract table, and even that I thought was high price last year. Teams do not want to give money to the running backs anymore. They don't want to end up with a Todd Gurley type of contract on their roster. Yeah, and I guess they offered him about $10 million, and supposedly they're about three apart. And you go I don't look know. at his record at Wisconsin. You go look at his record with the Chargers. This is a guy that's been banged up a lot right now. So yeah. if somebody's offering me $10 mil, I want to look at, if I'm going to get 50% of that guaranteed, I'm taking the money and coming into camp. You know, I always say you're better off making a dollar five times than $2 once. <laughs> uh, what do they say? Uh, three, out, three out of two people are bad at math. <laughs> um, all right, well, so- it looks like the running backs are named Gordon and uh, Elliot. Yeah. Uh, those are the, the big ones that people are certainly talking about. Uh, Gurley, a little different situation, not holding out for the money, but uh, with his arthritis and uh, the team wanting to keep him there long term, uh, healthy for the season. Do you see his usage being pulled back significantly this year? No, I, I, I do see him losing about 20% of the touches. Why? You want to preserve him. Look what happened with the Rams last year when he got banged up next, at the end of the year. They're not going to find a C.J. Anderson sitting out on the waiver wires right. from November. Well, waivers, a lot of guys are uh, certainly looking for some of these options. And uh, In Dallas, you brought up Pollard. Uh, anything to be said for Alfred Morris or uh, Darius Jackson? Yeah, you know, they'll get their touches over there, but I, I keep on looking at what they're doing with Pollard, and I think okay. Pollard right now, to me, is going to be this year's version of Kamara. Hell, I go down to New Orleans where they brought in Murray after they let England go, but that kid out of Nebraska, that's a guy that I'm really loving down there, Divine Ozig- Ozigbo. Oh, yeah. Yep. This is a guy that might end up being a more complimentary type of back along with Kamara and even Murray will be. Hmm. Yeah, hey, it's been taking this kid's been taking first team reps away from Kamara down to practice down there. Something's up with that big bull. This is the type of guy I get down in short yarded situations. I'm definitely going to be using him in a Zach Rocket like a role. Now you say short yarded situations. A lot of fantasy owners are taking Latavius Murray and best ball going about seventh round. Uh, a Zigbo, I don't even think is going in the twenty round draft. But your money is on a Zigbo in short yardage. Yeah, you know, the thing is, you know, the Minnesota Vikings are pretty smart. Rick Spielman let Murray walk over there. You'd think if Murray was worth anything, especially since they got off injured Dalvin Cook as his starting running back, I wouldn't have let Murray go out the door. But he said, see you later. All right. So you do like... Both Latavius Murray and Azigbo as sort of a I I, I like Azigbo a whole lot better than I like Murray and I think what okay. we're going to see is Murray's going to do how could I put it the Drew carry a little yodeler only he's going to be walking down the hill as far <laughs> as the season drags on is that a Price is Right reference Hey listen you know I got to put a little plug in somewhere <laughs> I, I love Bob rules. Bob. You know, going back to the Philadelphia situation, Miles Sanders, will he get his touches? I got to look at one thing. They're talking about Jordan Howard being the inside guy. But look at the way that Corey Clement, before he got banged up last year, go back to 2017. That could be the wild card guy to emerge for the, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Well, my God, they got – that's the way their coaching staff likes it. But they've got Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. These guys, you talk to fantasy owners, and it's just about – split i mean you've maybe got 60 percent on miles sanders 40 percent on howard they're both going about eighth round 
uh, people like both. And then you've got, God, Sproles, Clement, Smallwood. You have Josh Adams, who's six on the chart right now, who was starting at the end of the year last year. And you got Donnell Pumphrey, who's decent. Boston Scott. They have a wealth of running backs, and it's hard to know which one to gravitate towards. Most teams are going to keep four. I see Philadelphia keeping six. For the simple situation, you don't know what's going to happen with Wentz. And now with Sudfeld out hurt, if something happens over there with their quarterback situation, they're going to keep the ball on the ground. You know, from a coaching standpoint, there's two positions I always want fresh legs in. My running back unit, and I want fresh legs on my defensive line. Any other place I could keep those guys out there on the football field. But if I'm constantly bringing in a fresh running back over here against the defense has been out on the field a lot something might happen along the way yeah that's the thing with the philly offense they really like to spread it around um but not counting just usage just talent uh does your eye gravitate towards jordan howard or miles sanders you know miles i think is the type of guy that i'm looking at 2020 I think with Clement, Howard, Sproles, Smallwood, Adams, uh, Sanders might be the forgotten wonder at least for the first quarter of the season. Okay, he's going to so, be good. Don't get me wrong, but right. he's term. going to be good, and that's it. This is not a guy that I say that's the guy I got to have. Okay, and a lot of fantasy dynasty drafters are saying that. A lot of people really like Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs. Those are the big ones. Let's get a little deeper now. We've talked about a lot of the, the main guys that have gone off the board. Uh, what about Bryce Love? I think that Price will probably end up being on the pup list. You probably won't see him until week seven. I mean, if we want to talk about underrated guys, I go look at Detroit right now. I mean, C.J. Henderson Anderson is usually a hamburger away from being out of shape. Kerry on Johnson, we saw the injuries that he had. Go back and look at the sleeper that I talked about last year, the kid that they took in the sixth round that they simply love right now, and that's why Riddick was ended up getting dumped from the team. Ty Johnson averaged 39.14 years yards per touchdown run during his Maryland career. And this guy is also an outstanding kickoff and punt returner. This is a guy that if Kerryon Johnson goes down, well, I'll still see Johnson in the backfield before I see Anderson in the backfield. That's how high I am on Ty really? Johnson. He's he's this year's Phil Lindsay for me. Uh, Ty Johnson. For I love Detroit. that kid. I love wow. the kid. He runs four two six. He's two hundred fifteen pounds, and like I say, thirty nine point one four yards per touchdown return uh, last uh, during his career at Maryland. You can't fault numbers like that. Well, and they went out and they signed C.J. Anderson, but it's only a one year contract worth uh, a mil and a half, you know, with some incentives. But uh, they don't really have that much invested on them, so. Maybe we've got a well. They got they got enough invested in Carry On Johnson, but Carry yeah. On Johnson also was a frequent visitor to the trainers' uh, room last year. Yeah, it, well, and Ty Johnson looked pretty good in the preseason debut, three for twenty-two, uh, targeted just once, but still, look, three for twenty-two is not bad in the opener. You see, too, when I'm looking at these running backs, I'm looking at the offensive line. I, I Well, like other people are saying, oh, Sam Donald's going to have an outstanding year this year, his sophomore year with the Jets. I look at that offensive line, and I'm saying right now, well, somebody better call the duck because Sam Donald's going to need some Aflac insurance. <laughs> well, and so what about Love? I mean, they've got all kinds of running backs there in Washington, of course, Geis. Uh, the injury That's is the just, key, my man. That's yeah. the key. If guys could come back on the field, you're going to see Adrian Peterson end up doing what he did with the Saints. He's going to be sitting on the the sidelines, moaning and groaning in Gruden's ear. And they got they got a wealth, uh, plethora as well. Adrian Peterson, guys. They got Chris Thompson, Samaja Free, Ryan, and Bryce Love, who is of course right now is on the NFI non football injury list. Um, I think that when he comes back, Perrine's uh, job is going to be, how can okay. I put it, uh, precarious, because okay. I only see Washington keeping four running backs. And is there any way Bryce can nudge his way in there in front of a pass catcher like Thompson, a high draft pick like Geis, and of course Adrian Peterson? Do you see any chance Love's making some quality time on the field this year? Here's my problem. For the last two years, he's been dealing with severe ankle issues, almost to the point where he has no oh. cartilage in his right uh, his ankle. The big thing with him is his cutting ability, so that's where I'm worried on Bryce Love. Could Bryce Love's NFL career be short? 
there's a reason why a guy in the 2018 draft would have been a first-rounder slid as far as he did by the 2019 draft. Always look at medical records when you're looking at running backs. Well, and speaking of short, you got to think, uh, if I'm betting on which coach vacates first, uh, Gruden's got to be up there on the top of the list, talking Jay in uh, Washington, because they just – I don't see any hope of them doing anything this year. Yeah, but that's the good thing about it, because after they run through the mediocre quarterbacks over there, they have to, no choice but going and putting in the rookie who's going yep. to end up looking bad his first year. But the learning experience that Dwayne Haskins gets, if they put Haskins out there with uh, along with McClellan, his, uh, his uh, wide receiver buddy from Ohio State, they're going to make some noise the second half of the season. Right now, out of the rookie quarterbacks, obviously Murray. But if I'm yep. looking at the next man up, it's got to be Haskins. And that's going to be long-term. I can't expect much from him this year, or do you no, think No, no, but if you're looking like you say dynasty, I mean, yes. that guy's got probably the purest arm out of any of the quarterbacks that uh, came out this year. Yeah, and I'm not happy two. on this year's quarterback crop. He's the number two in dynasty, like you said. It's a weak crop, certainly. Everyone likes um, Kyler because of the legs. Haskins doesn't have that. He's supposed to be uh, the precision passer, right? But he had, what, a couple of picks in his uh, debut. Well, you know, it's a learning experience out there. Yeah. I'd much rather see him get those oops and those yips out of the way when it doesn't count. It, it's not going to count for Washington anyway. What's going to count is the coach that comes in to coach up Haskins in 2020. What about, let's go over to Jacksonville. Lots of new faces and names there. Um, but with the running back, we know Leonard Fournette is certainly injury prone to say the least. Uh, they got Reichwell Armstead there. A lot of people are talking about him sort of either on board or off board. Again, does that just really depend on Fournette's health? Yeah, it does. But also, I look at Raquel Armstead. I said last year he was the most violent running back in the, in the draft class, and I really like what he does out there on the football field. Uh, you, you look at, you know, uh, the mistake with the guy that they got from uh, uh, Cincinnati. That didn't work out. They ended up uh, having Yeldon there. They let him walk the Buffalo. So if something happens to Fournette, I see Armstead in there much quicker than I'm going to see Alfred Blue. Yeah, I think we've seen what we've <laughs> Alfred, Blue, Alfred Blue's got to offer. Um, of course, Armstead right now, he's, you know, had, I think he left with a concussion, I believe. Hopefully he's not too long. Yeah, um, but they also got the reclamation project over there. Uh, the guy from yep. Seattle, if his body holds up, Thomas Rolls could be a nice little guy to bring in to spell Fournette. He was a fantasy darling, Thomas Rolls, for about a year. There's still some Thomas Rolls truthers out there. Um but Armstead, I, I kind of like this kid just in the fact the situation. I, I don't count on uh, Fournette to staying healthy, and I think he's going to get his shot to show what he's got. Man, I'm also saying, too, is I, I'm looking around more like the ESPN show last night, and I was doing WTF with the low numbers that they had on Phil Lindsay. If Lindsay's wrist is healthy, I see that guy walking away with at least 1,300, 1,400 yards, all-purpose yards this year for Denver. Denver really has no choice. They got Flacco at quarterback, and we know Flacco's probably going to break down. Well, Denver's Denver's interesting, right? Because it's your pick. Uh, all the Pyro people loved you for calling Philip Lindsay last year. But then what do they do? They went and brought in, you know, a former Lion, Theo Riddick, which just kind of muddies the waters. And everybody's also saying Royce Freeman is having a great camp. And why not give him the ball more? Because Lindsay's, you know, he's a smaller bodied runner. Maybe they used him a little too much. Uh, you think Lindsay can repeat? Uh, definitely, but I think Freeman will be the guy to spell him. And you got to look at one thing, too. Riddick's injury is going to keep him out possibly for the first two months of the season. What does yep. that do? Possibly saves Devontae Booker's job because if Riddick was healthy, Booker yeah. would have been cut on the final cutdown. Yeah, slight fracture, uh, and his shoulder got hurt during the uh, Seattle opener, Theo Riddick. Uh, six to eight weeks, I believe, is the prognosis there. Just picked him up. That's got to hurt a little bit. As you said, they got Flacco. Um, and right now they got Locke, who was probably the third most talked about quarterback. He's third on the depth chart. Uh, any reason for fantasy owners to, to look outside the top two of Haskins and Kyler Murray and a guy like Drew Locke or not so much? Wait till uh, next year. 
You know, uh, I think this is probably going to go down as one of the worst quarterback draft classes yeah. out there. Murray, obviously, Arizona is going to sink or swim. Washington is banking their future on Haskins. I think Locke has a long, long way to go as far as recognizing abilities go. And they also got to look at John Elway's track record. He hasn't met a quarterback he has, hasn't liked, but he hasn't met a quarterback that he's liked either. So, you know, yeah. you look at the constant changing of quarterbacks up and Denver, I think unless they get John Elway out of the front office, they're never going to settle down at that position. Yeah. And then yeah. also you got to say one thing, too. You look how quick teams change quarterbacks over there from the previous year. Look at Josh Rosen. He's now down at South Beach. I got Herbert up at Oregon. I got Tao down at Alabama. I got Fromm over at Georgia. Those are three quarterbacks that will probably go top ten next year. Yeah, we could see the same thing. Is Arizona taking you know a first-round quarterback? But two drafts ago, and then they did it again this year with Kyler Murray sending Josh Rosen packing. I could see a couple of these teams doing that again, uh, especially. Honestly, if, you know, I look at Denver and I look at the kid in Michigan and Shea Patterson to be a perfect fit for them in the second or third round. Yeah, next year's class, right? It's supposed to be one of the best. And like you say, compared to one of the worst this year. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing. You you looked at what went on. I mean, when the Giants took uh, Daniel Jones, number six. I mean, uh, yeah. if you were if you weren't a New Yorker, you were trying to save the people on the ledge. If you were a New Yorker, you were screaming, "Jump, jump!" Well, let's. Talk, I don't know, Daniel uh, Jones. I, I tell you, Mo. I look at Daniel Jones, and to me, it looks like Dave Brown 2.0. Well, honestly, what is Gettleman doing? Why would you reach for him? Is it just the uh, connection he has? Um, oh, the, uh, connection, Gettleman, the connection uh, Daniel Jones has with, uh, oh, what's his name? Not Peyton. I keep wanting to say Peyton. But you're uh, talking Eli. about the Donald Trump of football? He's <laughs> yes, never met a lot Eli. he didn't like. You know, Eli, you know, the joke on Gettleman is if there were 100 people in the world and he was killed, there'd be 101 suspects. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably not long for New York with what he's done to that team. I think the Giants made a mistake when they cleaned house. They pushed Mark Ross out the door. That was the guy that should have been their GM. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's another. There's a team that could very well be new management, getting another quarterback again next year. Because, yeah, I don't think Daniel Jones is long for the league. We, we know, shall see. You look at the New York Giants' ownership, and they seem to have patience of a dead chess player. In other words, they're afraid <laughs> to make a move. <laughs> well, we talked well, a I little... tell you, the, the running back situation, I am telling everyone right now that looks totally toxic to me is down at Kansas City. You know, they, they oh. thought that... Well, you go back and look at the team over here. They, I look at Damian Williams, and I think he's only a flash in the pan. They they pick up another reject with Carlos Hyde, uh, Darwin Thompson, Darrell Williams. Uh, none of these guys are going to be it. And you got to look at one thing, too. Mahomes right now has some quality receivers. I think McCall yep. Hardman is the type of guy I stash and watch in the second half of the season. But yeah. As far as running back ability goes, I think that's going to be a big void for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, there's a lot of people that hold to that belief. A guy like Damian Williams, who was not drafted in fantasy, who does great, those are guys to avoid the following year. you got a whole group of other people who that look at his uh, metrics and look at how he's tested and are in love with Damian Williams. Uh, earlier, I heard you know coaching staff kind of pumping up Carlos Hyde and having a bit of a committee Although I just read a blurb that Damian Williams is locked down uh, first team reps and Hyde's been taking all second team reps. But these are Damian Williams, Daryl Williams. I mean, these are guys that on other teams didn't seem to come out. Is it just the system there in Kansas City? I think what it comes down to is no matter who you put in the backfield, get somebody back there that's going to protect Patrick because Patrick is the master of the broken place. Hell, yeah. go down to Green Bay. You look at Green Bay's running back unit, and everybody says, you know, oh, this doesn't look that good. I like Aaron Jones, but I tell you who I like even better is the guy they took in the sixth round, Dexter Williams. I think second half of the season, he's going to start making some noise out there. Yeah, he's a Notre Damer who, you know, I love. Uh, Dexter Williams, he's a guy I've been throwing darts at. There's a couple of guys I've been throwing darts at. 
But uh, Aaron Jones. You go down to Atlanta. You go down to Atlanta. If Edo Smith falls flat on his face, Devontae Freeman is going to need a running back. You go back and look at Pittsburgh where Quadre Olsen, not only a physical type as a running back, but this was a guy that played fullback. I think Quadre Olsen is another guy that I'm looking forward to seeing what he does the second half of the season. Yeah, uh, Edo Smith, his draft stock has been falling. Olsen's has been rising. Uh, are they going to hold Brian Hill? Because he's a pretty talented back as well. They do, but I think Ken John Bonner is going to continue his journeyman trip around the NFL. Well, I mean, Brian Hill, he's got uh, two preseason touchdowns already. He's looking decent, right? I think what it all came down to is they want to keep four backs and having a big guy like Olison that could also yep. come in and block for them. I think that's going to be the advantage of him if it comes down to the battle for the last spot between him, Hill, and Barna. And I think someone would get picked up elsewhere. They're just too too good. You know, Olison had what he had over forty yards and a touchdown in his most recent outing. So they've got some talent there behind Freeman. Well, Bonner also has a lot of frequent flyer miles up in New England and Philadelphia, so you never know what's going to happen with them. Yeah, I know he's uh, questionable right now, some sort of undisclosed injury, but uh, got talent. He's never been able to translate it into fantasy value. Uh, but he well, is that's a why I'm worried in Arizona. Here's my problem with Arizona. First, you got a rookie quarterback. They only plan on keeping two quarterbacks, and Hundley is the backup. And I've seen practice over here. I still think there's some issues with David Johnson's rest. Oh, boy. So that would mean what? Chase Edmonds, a lot of fantasy players picking him up as a late-round late dart throw. Yeah, you know, that Fordham kid over there, he could be special for somebody, but I see him more as a change of pace back. Well, and with the new air raid offense that they're bringing in, uh, this could be could be one of the NFL's most uh, the, the quickest, fastest paced plays, which you know translates to a lot of plays. They're not going to be able to rely on David Johnson for all of them. Can Chase Johns or Chase Edmonds get ten touches a game? Possibly, but the biggest problem with Chase is pass protection. And when you've got a quarterback yep. that masters the broken plays, you yep. better have a very quick offensive line, and you better have yourself somebody in the backfield that could pick up the blitz. I think that if they, uh, they're they talking about only going with three running backs, you look at Logan, Strickland, and Foster, but that free agent pickup from the small college rank, West Hills, has at least an opportunity to be stashed on practice squad for them. Well, I know we're running out of time. Uh, you did talk a little Darwin Thompson and, again, concerns for the running back down in, in Kansas City. What do you think of just Darwin Thompson as a talent? Could he step up if called upon? I'm still the jury is out on him. Okay. All right. And, I mean, like I said, you know, they've got Carlos Hyde, Daryl Williams, uh, lots of guys there. But, again, there's a big debate. That's the million-dollar question in fantasy is will Damian Williams repeat – or will he be, you know, a flash in the pan I, I, like we've I, seen from I just so many? Think, I think it's the flash over there. Uh, that's all I'm seeing from him. Okay. That's that's the, what a lot of people say, and a lot of people I pay attention to. Uh, anybody that was undrafted one year who goes, you know, in the top four the next, beware. And that's exactly the situation Damian Williams is in, going about third right now in fantasy drafts. Well, um, I think, too, you go and look at Miami's situation. Will it be Ballard? Will it be Drake? I think Drake will win out for the simple reason is that Ballard has not looked well in practice. Ballard, who came out of college being known for being a quality receiver, has had quite a few drops recently. So I think Kenyon Drake is the type of guy that might be the guy to take over down there for the Dolphins this year. You know, I've always been a Drake believer. It seems like every coaching staff is not. Uh, certainly Adam Gase avoided him like the plague. And it seems like um, oh, the Flores. The Marty Feldman of uh, NFL yeah. coaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes? <laughs> Marty Feldman? Well, also, you know, he reminds me of a young Frankenstein. Thank God they brought Joe Douglas in there because if Gas ended up running that front office over there, it would probably be a a bigger circle jerk than having O'Brien running the show down at Houston. Yeah. Hey, so what about then um, Brian Flores? Is he going to use Drake or is he going to be more of a committee? It just seems like Drake, I don't know, can't impress coaches, and I'm not sure what the deal is. I, I don't know what he looks like in practice. Seems great on film, but he just does not seem to get used as much as one would think. 
Well, the way I look at it is this is another team that will probably be scouring the waiver wires because, you know, they did bring in Mark Walton, but Walton is a danger off the field. So mm. right now it's Drake and Ballage, and then, hey, guys, you know, let's uh, introduce ourselves in the locker room. Well, one other guy, and then I'll ask you for a few names we haven't talked about, but uh, Minnesota, we did mention Cook, his – Oft injured. Oh, a lot of boy, talent, they, but... they, they better pray to Cook is healthy because I'm telling you, as much as they're impressed with Madison, I yep. am not. You talk about okay. a guy that looks like Bambi in the backfield with a truck coming down on him, especially in pass protection. This is hmm. a team that's had major issues on their offensive line. They got $85 million invested in their quarterback. I don't want Madison out on the field unless he's running with the ball. If I got to have him pass pro, if I have to have him as my receiving option, I better pray that Cook stays healthy. If not, you better pray that Amir Abdullah all of a sudden <laughs> finds his college uh, legs again. Yeah, it could be scary there. Amir is listed as a third on the depth chart. Is also competing with Boone and Henderson. Most people, you know, seem to think that it's going to be Madison. He's going about the 14th. Cook, of course, going about the second round in redraft and best ball. Uh, but you don't think Madison is ready. No, I, 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 I look at this and I see the third round tag on him. He's the type yep. of guy that I had on my board late day three. Okay. Well, uh, those were some of the big names right now in fantasy. Um, what about some names of running backs we haven't talked about? Any rookies that you like, some sleepers, guys to keep an eye on? You mentioned Ozigbo. Um, even not even rookies, you know, just anybody that you think Fantasy players should know their name and, and keep a watchful eye on. Well, like I said, you know, Ty Johnson really impressed me. Miles Sanders is the type of guy maybe later on down the road. Uh, Tony Pollard, especially if Ezekiel Elliott stays out. And I'm also curious to see if Mike Weber could uh, take his game up to the next level. If he does, Alfred Morris might be out the door before the season even starts. Hmm. Other than that, you know, Armstead, you know, maybe later on. Uh, the, the Betty Snell is really buried on the bench over there with James Conner and Jalen Samuels, but Snell yep. does fit the mold that Pittsburgh likes. But if Conner goes down, Samuels is next. If Samuels go down, look for the guy they picked up from New Orleans, Trey Edmonds, before Snell gets an opportunity. Uh, what about, oh, you know, one guy, one guy, whoa, 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 one guy yeah. I forgot all about. Cincinnati, I think Giovanni Bernard right now may want to call Mayflower movers. Right, I think Anderson? Travion Williams is going to move oh. up and be the compliment for Joe Mixon. I think that Rodney Anderson is going to be a guy they try to stash because he's still not healthy. So you like Travion Williams. Yeah, I like Travion. As a matter of fact, I like Travion Williams so much, it wouldn't surprise me to come up next draft that Joe Mixon is traded. Wow. All right. So there's some, some names uh, down on undrafted guys you mentioned here. Of course, Travion went in the six, but Zigbo, uh, Olison mentioned him. Uh, one other guy real quick, just because of the situation, another undrafted guy, Bruce Anderson, Tampa Bay. I mean, I'm not very confident in any guy down in T Tampa Bay, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones. Uh, what do you think about the undrafted rookie? I think that down to Tampa Bay right now, they're going to go with the veterans for the simple situation. They're trying to institute a new offense. I think they'll go searching for a running back next year, but okay. I, I think that this year it's going to come down to, hey, who's out there? It wouldn't surprise me, too, with the way that they've been watching the Houston Texans practice if the Michigan kid ends up getting cut. I could see him fitting the Tampa Bay offense better than he could fit with the, the Texans, and that's Karan Hickman. All right. So you really think they're going to run into the year? You don't think they're going to go grab somebody down in Tampa? Because, man, uh, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones just don't get you excited. I, the problem is everybody right now is still really in need of a running back. Uh, Ronald yeah. Jones' problem is going to be constantly, constantly with those hammies of his. Yeah. Can Anderson be the guy? I mean, anybody got to be better than Peyton Barber right now. I mean, Peyton Manning will probably be a better running back than Peyton Bomber. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So well, let's just say Tampa Bay's backfield is not Peyton's place. 
No kidding. Yeah, it's a rough place to be. Uh, those running backs well, well, not even going. Go look down at Chicago. Hey, go rounds. look at down at San Francisco. They got one guy that's always been banged up in Matt Breida. Uh, yeah. Jarek McKinnon, I seriously doubt he's ever going to step on the football field, but then yeah. just collect the checks every Monday. And Tevin Coleman proved last year when he had to be the man down at the Falcons, he couldn't do it. So this is another team, too, that I see if they don't do something on the waiver wires, watch them address the running back situation in the draft very early next year. Okay. Um, all right. Well, this has been a pleasure coming to us from Patriots camp. Dave T. Thomas, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk some rookie running backs and some other things. I want to do it again. Oh, no problem, man. Let's go with the wide receivers next. There are some really, really, really good guys I love at the receiving unit. Hey, that sounds good. I sent you a list of about 15 guys that hopefully we can fit in in our next chat. I will be around you follow me and I will uh, be chatting with you over the next week and we'll see when we can do this again. And if you go over, look on any of your podcasts, look for Scouts Honor with me and Paul Crane. We have all 32 team training camp reports up there right now. Yep, the Scouts Honor podcast. You can find it on you know, Stitcher, all of your places, Apple, iTunes, every place you need to go. Paul Crane does a nice job and uh, just love hearing you string the sentences together, my man. You're, you're one of the best. Well, I hope they'll able to find us. You understand me. I'm old dog over here. I still got a flip phone, and I'm using Microsoft 7. So, <laughs> yeah. Give me, uh, the can- give me those candles when I sit down and try to put together my reports. That's what I love about you, Dave T. You're old school. I will send a pigeon next time we need to get together. Uh, well, that works for me. That works for me. That way, at least I have lunch after the pigeon lands. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Dave T. Thomas, Pyromaniacs. You can find him occasionally here on the Pyro Light and, of course, uh, with Paul Crane on the Scouts Honor Podcast. Look for me at FFMOZIMO. And thanks for listening. We're going to try to get Dave T. back soon to talk wide receivers. And until then, we will catch you on the flip side. I've been thinking lately about the people I meet The car wash on the corner and the hole in the street The way my ankles hurt with shoes on my feet And I'm wondering if I'm gonna see tomorrow Father, forgive us for what we must do You forgive us, we'll forgive you We'll forgive each other till we both turn blue Then we'll whistle and go fishing in heaven I was in the army, but I never dug a trench. Used to bust my knuckles on a monkey ranch. I go to town and drink, give the girls a pinch, but I don't think they ever even notice me. Father, forgive us for what we must do. You forgive us, we'll forgive you. We'll forgive each other till we both turn blue. Then we'll whistle and go fishing in heaven. Fish and whistle, a whistle and fish. Eat everything that they put on your dish. And when we get We'll make a big wish that we never have to do this again, again, again. Oh, my very first job, I said, thank you and please. They made me scrub a parking lot down on my knees. Then I got fired for being scared of bees, and they only give me 50 cents an hour. Father, forgive us for what we must do. You forgive us, we'll forgive you. We'll forgive each other till we both turn blue Then we'll whistle and go fishing in the heaven Fish and a whistle, a whistle and fish Eat everything that they put on your dish And when we get through, we'll make a bigger wish That we never have to do this again Again, again Oh, Father, forgive us for what we must do You forgive us, we'll forgive you We'll forgive each other till we both turn blue Then we'll whistle and go fishing in heaven We'll whistle and go fishing in heaven We'll whistle and go fishing in heaven